Welcome to Attention, a podcast from the American Advertising Federation, District 10. My name is Ray Schillens. Conversations with the people in our industry who make advertising and marketing impactful and relevant. Our stories take you behind the scenes on a variety of advertising platforms where we explore current trends and topics. Today's podcast is sponsored by Lerma, a 21st century full-service branding agency. You can find out more at lermaagency.com. AAF District 10 promotes professional development and networking, recognizes advertising excellence, provides news and resources, helps develop future industry leaders, and promotes the value of ethical and transparent advertising. Find out more about that at AAF, the number 10.org. So we got all the formalities out of the way. Pete Lerma is is on the podcast today. And and Pete, thanks for being here, by the way. Appreciate that. Thanks for having me, Ray. I want to tell a story to get things rolling here so you can find out a little bit more about Pete. Um, this goes back a few years. Fresh out of college, working for a local advertising firm in Wichita Falls. Pete Lerma often found himself wondering what it'd be like to land a gig at a big city agency like those features in Ad Age and Ad Week. In 98, he decided to find out. Here's what Pete did. He moved to Dallas and set his sights on a job at Richards Group. He mocked up a cover of Ad Age, placing a photo of himself front and center with the agency's office building in the background. The headline read something to the effect of, Pete Lerma joins the Richards Group, has competition scrambling. And obviously, the rest is history because you did eventually join the Richards Group, and uh, you've gone uh, on uh, to, to to incredibly cool things in the advertising industry. Y- y- anyway, you're having fun, aren't you? I can tell. Of course, of course, and that is a true story. Uh, it's I tell people it's a true story. It's it's a bit of a cheesy story. And if uh, if a resume like that had come across my desk, I, I'm not sure what I would have done with it. But uh, I'm glad to say it was enough to get some attention within the Richards Group. Uh, I got a phone call and and I made the best of it. And after I told people, there's a lot to this story. After 11 interviews, uh, I was finally hired within the digital division of the Richards Group. Uh, and at that point, there were about 10 people in that group. Uh, but we grew it over time and we got uh, not just bigger, but better and uh, after 12 years of uh, running that, I transitioned fully into the Hispanic realm after Stan and I had a conversation about launching the Hispanic division of the Richards Group. So, as you say, the rest the rest is history. It also says here you worked for a local radio station. What kind of stuff were you playing on the radio back then? So, I was actually in radio sales. Uh, I was still in college at the time, and... Uh, so I went around to local businesses and knocked on doors and talked to them about the, the wonders of radio and storytelling and how that could create traffic for them. And, uh, and in that process or in that role, I met a guy who owned an advertising agency in Wichita Falls. And, uh, and it was a cool place. I would go in there and uh, it, it was a cool, creative, energetic environment. And he said, well, why don't you come to work for me? And, and I thought, well, that sounds like a good idea. So that's how I got my start in, in the agency world. You entered the, uh, the agency world on the right side of the track, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure. Cause where you're at right now is in radio where the money was. And it still is at this point in time, even with COVID. Hey, by the way, how are you doing with all of this stuff that's going on in our world today? How things, are your family safe? Everything? Okay. Uh, everybody is, is safe and healthy and, uh, you know, we're, 
diligent. You know, we get our Amazon boxes and we spray them down with Lysol and uh, we wash our hands a lot. So, um, you know, we're trying to, to make the best of it. We're, we've got kids that are being homeschooled um, through this process and, and we're managing just like everybody else. Good for you. Stay safe as well. Lerma is the agency. It's a, a digital agency. The, 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 the band of artists, they say, strategists, misfits, hell-bent on making noise for our clients and their brands. A modern 21st century full-service branding agency where creative is king. Tell us a little bit about uh, Lerma and what you guys are doing to, these days. Well, um, you... you talk there about a band of misfits and about making noise. And uh, one of our mantras is that we want to do work that is loud and clear. And the way we explain that is, you know, we're a creative shop. So of course we want it to be loud. We want it to break through the clutter. Uh, but at the same time, we want it to be clear and that there's never any question about what message is being delivered or what brand is actually delivering the message. I think we've all been exposed to advertising that we thought was was great. Maybe it was funny and you decided to tell somebody about it. And at the end of that story, you weren't able to remember what brand uh, the commercial was for. And so we never want that to happen to any one of our clients. And so uh, everything we do has to go through that filter of being loud and clear. Um, and we feel like what we do best is we move our clients' businesses forward. So again, creative is really important to us. Uh, coming from having grown up within the Richards Group, the Richards Group is a creative powerhouse. Um, but everything uh, that happens through that creative process happens with a purpose, and that is to move our clients' businesses forward. And I'm really proud to say that we can point to every one of the client logos on our you know set of clients slide in a new business presentation and talk about tangible measurable um, uh, metrics that we've helped achieve in partnership with those clients everything from you know something as simple as how we've performed in uh, ad copy testing to uh, uh, increases in awareness or uh, market share um, you know, pretty much any metric um, that, that you've seen measured in, in our business, we're, we're able to point to those things and say, you know, we, we can make that happen in partnership with you, our clients. Hey, how has the uh, Advertising Federation uh, uh, in your neck of the woods helped in, in, in these times with uh, getting through stuff? Uh, tell us some of the benefits of being associated with uh, AAF in your neck of the woods. Well, I think... Um, I think the biggest benefit uh, is one that's pretty consistent, uh, whether we're in a crisis or not. And that's just uh, the network that you can create being part of an organization like AAF. Um, we have really strong ties uh, with that organization. And those relationships have, have extended beyond just the, the AAF. They've become... Uh, business partnerships, they've become personal relationships. Um, and at a time like this, the relationships are really what you need to get through. AAF, you were part of a, a, a big part and still remain a big part of Advention. It was the, the convention that has not happened yet. It will be postponed and, and put into, uh, I believe, the next year as well. 
what brought you to g- get involved in such a big way with uh, Adventure 2020? Well, uh, I met Steve Pacheco. He we uh, he moderated a panel uh, here in Dallas at the House of Blues a, a few months ago, and um, we got along really well. Uh, we seemed to speak the same language, and I guess he liked what I had to say enough to invite me to be a part of uh, that conference. So uh, I was excited about it, uh, disappointed, obviously, that it got postponed, but um, I'll do everything I can to, to make sure that it works for my schedule once it gets rescheduled. I think that's the sentiment of a lot of folks who were part of that. It's like, okay, just bring it on. When mm-hmm. we do it, when you're going to do it again, we're going to be there as well. Yeah. And, uh, and and having somebody somebody like Steve encourage you uh, and really capture your interest in Ad Federation was a big thing. So we're in the midst of this, uh, you know, COVID-19 crisis uh, globally. Every day we hope that uh, things will get a little bit better. You know, normally I might be talking to you at the office, uh, but right now we're talking, uh, we're here in our studios, but you're at your house as well with a wonderful flying V guitar in the background. This is a great uh, thing to look at here. Take us to the end of, it's it's April, take us to the end of this month. What do you guys do in agency side to care for A, you guys at the agency, and B, your clients? What's happening right now? So I, I go back to when all of this first started to happen. Uh, our leadership gathered really quickly to figure out what do we do? Um, this is new territory. And the questions that crossed our minds were, what do we do for our people, our staff? Uh, what do we do for our clients? What, uh, how do we advise them? Uh, what should they be saying? What should they not be saying? And just as a couple of examples, the Home Depot and Advance Auto Parts are a couple of our clients, both of which have been designated essential businesses. They're, they're really both of those businesses are critical to keeping America running. And, um, and so we're, we're proud of that. But at the same time, we had to reshape the messaging that we put out on their behalf. It couldn't be, you know, come into the store uh, now to, you know, to get the best deal or whatever. We had to change it. Uh, we had to focus more, you know, tactically, we had to focus more on things like, um, buy online uh, or store pickup or curbside pickup. Uh, but I think from a tonality perspective, we, we really had to shift. And I think what you'll see is um, in both of those cases, messaging that is uh, from a brand being part of the solution and recognizing that um, you know things are very different right now. We also had other clients, and I'll give you an example, <clears throat> that really got involved in helping the community. So we have a local restaurant uh, client here called Ojos Locos. Uh, It's a Mexican-themed sports bar. And when uh, the restaurants were shut down, what they wanted to do was figure out how do we use our resources, how do we use our people um, in a way that can benefit the community. The the Hispanic community has made uh, them very successful and that they've felt an obligation to use this time to give back. And so they worked with a lot of their suppliers and put together kits of essentials. And those kits included things like beans and rice and eggs and tortillas and even toilet paper. And uh, and we were able to get lots of press coverage around this program 
uh, and they had they had uh, their staff in the parking lot handing out these kits, uh, thousands and thousands of kits over several days um, to the Hispanic community, just giving back. And I think that's a really important part of, um, I guess, of us dealing as humans with this process or with this crisis, rather. And I can tell you that uh, as an agency, we've done a lot also to put our talents to work in a meaningful way. Uh, I'm on the board for the United Way here in Dallas. And so we reached out to the United Way, uh, who has put together a relief and recovery fund um, that in just a few days was able to generate over $5 million in donations that will go to help those people in need right now, whether they've been displaced, uh, whether they need help covering an electric bill, you know, whatever that need might be. Uh, and so we help them with uh, all of the messaging, both in English and in Spanish, uh, uh, as part of that program. And for us, doing that is really a part of just maintaining an optimistic outlook about, one, the work that we do and the situation that we're in. Um, but we really have made the best of it. Even last Thursday, we had an agency-wide virtual happy hour and uh, I wasn't sure how that was going to go, but we had a lot of fun with it. You've got to find ways to have fun. You know, and you do. And you're also well positioned as a digital agency to kind of rise above everything else and really respond to uh, the immediate need. Uh, and I would say that uh, the agencies that are as plugged in as you are, are those ones, uh, the cream of the crop that rise to the top. Would you say that was a true statement? Well, I'd like to think so for sure. Well, then think so. It's good. It's, it, it seems what you're doing. Oper, operation, operation Corazon was the name for the Ojos Locos thing. And uh, I, I got to tell you, we've talked about through the end of the month, uh, things that maybe, you know, things that you're doing immediately here. And, and hopefully here as we transition into May and, and into June, of course, things will will become uh, a little bit different in our worlds, in your world, at the office and for your clients as well. So from an agency perspective, take us to the end of the year. It is now December of 2020. How do you see the agency and the advertising industry uh, being a little bit different than it was? Well, uh, one of the other things that we've taken on is that we put together a, a white paper that we released last week that covers um, Hispanics and uh, kind of the state of the Hispanic market um, under COVID-19. And we released a lot of those findings. And what we found was that uh, Hispanics and African-Americans are disproportionately negatively affected by COVID-19 in a number of ways. One is from uh, a behavioral perspective, Hispanics and African-Americans are less likely to, uh, to comply with social distancing uh, guidelines. We tend to be very social people. We tend to want to gather. We tend uh, to have extended families, and uh, and that's hard. That's a hard behavior to change. So that's one of the problems that we have. Um, another problem is that um, a lot of Hispanics uh, economically are not in jobs that can work from home, and so you end up with job losses or um, reductions in pay. Uh, it's really going to hit that uh, audience segment hard. And, you know, from an agency perspective, that is who we try to connect our brands to. And so we, we've got everything that we do from this point forward 
to through the end of the year, even into the following year, we're going to have to put through the filter of some of the things that we found uh, in this white paper. And there's a lot of uh, really good data in there that's going to shape how we make those connections moving forward. But what we've told our clients is that um, Hispanics have been in a lot of ways disenfranchised and uh, marginalized. But in this crisis, they have been, again, disproportionately impacted. And so there's a need for brands to uh, more than ever reach out and show empathy and make long-term connections and continue to invest in uh, making those relationships. Uh, and and we've, in that research, we found um, some other indicators that would tell you that those brands that continue to advertise through a downturn are, are going to be the brands that win. In fact, uh, it, during the last recession, we, we found a, a case study where McDonald's pulled its advertising budget. Taco Bell and Pizza Hut didn't increase their advertising budget. They kept it at the same level, but they ended up capturing a, a lot more market share at a time when McDonald's lost market share. So it, it is uh, not only the right thing to do from a human perspective, but it can also be highly profitable for you. That um, white paper is actually available uh, on our website for anybody that wants to dig into that data. And so the way we look at the market has changed and it's it's going to impact how uh, we do things from this point forward through the end of the year and again into to next year. Um, but from a, an agency perspective, I think lots of things are going to change also. Um, the idea of working from home, what we found is that working from home can be uh, quite productive. So if anybody ever had any doubts about whether working from home would uh, increase productivity or decrease productivity, I think done the right way uh, can be incredibly uh, productive and, in fact, sometimes more productive. Uh, I think there are lots of companies that are going to be reassessing um, their real estate strategies. Um, you know, it, if people can work remotely, um, do you need as much office space as you once did? Um, what we found is that we do need human interaction. We need collaboration. Um, but I can tell you that we also miss that human presence. And so the virtual happy hour that uh, we did gave us a little bit of that. But uh, I can tell you that we all miss being in one another's presence. And uh, I think we will always need that. Um, I think we will be looking at um, redefining what an in-person meeting in is, whether that's internally within the agency or even with our clients. So that we always believe that, you know, if we need to go and present new work to a client, we should be doing that in person. But what we found um, through this crisis is that uh, you can find ways to do really uh, productive uh, video calls. And that may uh, cut down on the amount of travel that we do in the future. Uh, and then finally, I would say, uh, I think it has given us all a, a new appreciation uh, and understanding of a work-life balance. And so I think, um, and, and you've probably seen some of the uh, articles circulated online about what it might mean to us to get things back to normal. Um, maybe normal isn't what we want uh, after all of this. Maybe there's something new 
maybe it's a redefined normal with a new set of priorities, and uh, and we're going to be okay with that. Have you found, Pete, that uh, because uh, you, your time at home, has your, your, your personal life changed a little bit, your personal behaviors, things like that? It has um, in lots of ways. You, you know, things that you come to appreciate, um, whether it's, um, you know, being around your kids more. Um, maybe there are things that, uh, that you appreciate actually kind of in the inverse. Uh, I will tell you that I'm, I would... Uh, I wish I had more motivation to work out <laughs> while I'm here at home. But um, you know what I have to do when I'm when we're not in the middle of a crisis is that I use a personal trainer because that's the thing that makes me get out of bed. I have an obligation to go meet my personal trainer at the Y, and so that's the thing. And when I'm here by myself, or not by myself, but you know without that accountability, um, it uh, it's a different story. And so I think there are for sure, uh, pros and benefits to this that you come to recognize and appreciate. And at the same time, you, you find that, that there are some external things that you uh, really appreciate more than you, you realize. You have some great shots of the uh, the office where you've got uh, an incredible amount of music going on there. Tell me about that. You've got a full stage. Where does that come from? Obviously, you play but do you have others in the agency that play as well? Is that is that what makes music there? We do. Um, I have loved music for most of my life. It's a it's a big part of my life. Um, I, I think music makes the world go round. I think it's an incredible um, creative platform, a storytelling platform, um, and and for me, it's just a big part of my life. And so uh, it tends to. Uh, kind of permeate every part of my life. Um, but yeah, there are uh, lots of other um, musicians within the agency. I think it tends to happen where you have creative people, you end up with lots of musicians. Um, and we have, uh, we've done a few shows here and there, but it's, it's nothing serious. I, and I, I remember the, one of the first times that we played, uh, I got on the microphone and I said, the first thing I want to do is lower everybody's expectations because, <laughs> um, you know, we do this for fun um, and we don't take ourselves too seriously. Obviously, it's a great thing. You know, it's interesting parallel to that story. My wife got me involved in broadcast and then eventually in advertising because I was a musician. And I thought, well, there's no connectivity there, but there is a connectivity. It's called a rhythm. Everything has a rhythm. And mm -hmm. if you can understand that rhythm from a musical standpoint, you can understand a lot of things in life, both in broadcast and in advertising. So obviously that's a benefit. I'm going to ask you a question. You've probably met a, a whole bunch of people along the way, Pete. Who is the most important person in your career so far? Who's that person? Um, I would say a guy named Dick Mitchell. Um, so before there was the Richard Group, uh, there was a, a group called Richards Brock Miller Mitchell, and those initials are RBMM, and that still exists as a part of the Richards Group uh, as a design boutique, and that was the precursor to the Richards Group. Well, one of the M's uh, is Mitchell, Dick Mitchell, and very early on in my career at the Richards Group, uh, he became my boss, and I learned a lot about him. I learned about uh, creativity and having a, a really um, 
uh, I guess, uh, critical eye when it comes to the visual side of what we do. Um, I learned about managing people. I learned about um, being an empathetic leader. I learned about managing money and being, um, I would say, anything that is conservative about me when it comes to the business, I learned from Dick Mitchell because I think I came at it more as uh, a little bit more of an, an emotional, maybe a, uh, maybe even careless um, and he showed me how to be measured and thoughtful about making business decisions. And uh, I have to give him a lot of credit for that. That's good. I'm glad you're able to uh, to tell us about that as well. Uh, are there a few clients out there? You're keeping busy. I mean, agencies are keeping busy at this time because you do have the necessity of message and content generation and to keep the conversation going. Are there a few clients out there that Lerma would just love to start working with today? <laughs> have any on your hit list that you'd love to grab? Well, the the answer is yes, um, and uh, and and I can say that that I'm actively pursuing this brand, and it's Nike. It's a brand that probably lots of people would say I'd love to work with that brand. And um, there's an interesting story. We started conversations with them last summer, and um, actually forged a pretty good relationship with a guy named Mark Patrick who was a global director of brand for them. And uh, at the end of the last year, he, uh, he let us know that he was leaving Nike after 17 years. And I thought, why in the world would you leave Nike? And he explained to me that uh, he was going to another brand that he felt was really going to change the world. And that brand is Beyond Meat. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Beyond Meat, but it's a plant-based meat substitute. Um, you might have heard of like Impossible Burger, but there's a Beyond Burger. And um, and so I started learning about Beyond Meat, the product, and uh, and I ended up coming to really like the product, uh, so much so that at the beginning of the year, I quit eating meat. And, uh, and so I, I'm uh, working with uh, Mark and trying to figure out what the opportunity is for Beyond Meat with uh, Hispanics and African-Americans. But at the same time, he's helping me maintain connections within Nike uh, because that's a brand that I have a lot of passion for and I'd like to see us do some work for. How can you possibly uh, adapt uh, chorizos to uh, Beyond Meat? Uh, that would be a, a miracle, I guess, wouldn't it? <laughs> so uh, there, there is a uh, – it's not a Beyond Meat product, but there's a, a chorizo product called soy. I think it's – I'm not sure if I'm going to say it correctly soy soy riso and uh, it's a soy based chorizo substitute that i've had um and there is no substitute for chorizo but it's uh it's it's not bad i will say that i might eat it if somebody told me that it wasn't a, a soy seed whatever you said it was <laughs> <laughs> one one final thing here i want to ask you your twitter description has you as husband father brother friend Man on a journey. Let's talk about that for just a minute, Pete. Tell us about your journey. Well, uh, I can make all kinds of music references. I, you know, I still haven't found what I'm looking for, and um, <laughs> that kind of thing. It's it's just it's my belief that you know we should always be learning and um, and striving for you know to be better as as people and uh, you know learning about 
uh, new cultures and um, you know that's just that's the way I look at life life is is an evolution I'm a big believer in you know adapting to change so you know, I grew up in digital and I felt like if I didn't learn something new every day then I was going to become irrelevant and I never want to be irrelevant so uh, it's just a way of looking at uh, at kind of life it's it's a journey Pete, what do you do when you're not making great creative stuff? What's your What's your passion? Um, I I love music, so if I'm not uh, playing music, I'm listening to music, uh, or if I'm with my family, we're listening to music. Uh, we spend a lot of time uh, on on the water, uh, on the lake, and uh, and in the ocean. And there's always music around. So I would say music and family. Dallas-Fort Worth is the jingle capital of the world. You're probably well aware of that fact. <laughs> kind of a weird uh, connotation to put on there. We've got a good friend, John Hooper, who is in uh, your area as well. And he, he has a band called Mr. Inez. And he cranks on a lot of great tunes. Uh, but did you ever get to the jingle companies in your area? I, well, I did not know that fact. Uh, I mean, you you could be, I guess, the live music capital of the world, or you could be the jingle music capital of the world. And somehow we ended up with that. Yeah, they Memphis gave it to you. They moved from Memphis over to Dallas-Fort Worth, so now you own that title. Isn't that a wonderful thing you can add to the website or something like that? There you go. <laughs> Pete, you've got a great attitude. You seem like a very... Um, down the middle kind of a guy as far as uh, you know y you work with stuff you're going to get through this and i know you guys will lerma is the agency it's lermaagency.com and the, the message is loud and clear and you'll have fun exploring more about what goes on at lerma uh, uh, lerma by the way is the 11th largest hispanic advertising agency in the country unless you've grown since this was last published uh, but I've uh, seen you're going through 63 employees, uh, everybody from Keurig, Dr. Pepper, Southwest Airlines, and avocados from Mexico, and the Michelada product, too. I like that, too, as well. But you're having fun, aren't you, Pete? Having a blast. Very good. I Thanks for sharing the time. And we'll see you at Advention, which will now be called Advention 2021. Uh, but it should be a lot of fun. But, Pete, thanks for sharing some time with us today. I, I look forward to it, Ray. Thank you. You've been listening to a podcast from the American Advertising Federation, District 10. You can find out more at aaf10.org. Today's podcast made possible by Lerma, a full-service branding agency. Find out more at lermaagency.com. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform. Do that and you'll never miss a new podcast. Your rating on iTunes is going to help us grow as well. Don't be afraid to share what you've heard today on social media. Until next time, thanks for listening. This is Adtention. Copyright 2020. My name is Ray Shellens.